Hello guys and welcome to today's episode. Um, I apologise if the intro sounds a little bit rusty. I'm doing it on my AirPods. I'm out and about, so I haven't got my professional mics nice and close by. But you can be rest assured the rest of the podcast is filmed on my microphones. So today we're sitting down with Andy Proudman. Um, Andy is a golfing, what well, an online golfing coach who owns quite a successful. When I say quite, I mean very successful coaching business for individuals looking to improve their coaching game. I um, mean, it's just all online, one of the first of its kind. And Andy's had the ability to meet and coach and talk to some of the highest professionals in the realm of golf. You'll also notice a cameo from Jazz. Jazz recognised how poorly equipped I was to deal and talk about the topic of golf, so he jumped on to make sure I didn't mess it up too much. Now we do get into a lot of things fitness, a lot of things mindset, a lot of things social media, a lot of things business. Andy has had a very interesting road to success and he's not just pure golf. He has many golden nuggets and insights to offer into all things life and all things improving your level lifestyle and leveling up that lifestyle. So today's episode will be one not to miss. In other news, we are starting our testing soon for our app well we are starting it imminently and we are opening up early access for anyone who's looking to get involved which will be launching at the later part of this summer probably leaning more towards september october time now so if you jump on the link below you'll be able to sign up for early access and get up to 50 percent off when we formally launch our app enjoy today's episode guys have fun nine eight seven how are you mate welcome to the collective fitness podcast yeah i'm great thank you good to good to have yeah good to be on here and chat to you boys for a friday afternoon in the heat and <laughs> well it's true. all good as i'm sure you've gauged from the charismatic laugh jazz is making a cameo as well <laughs> first appearance first appearance oh, no. is this your first appearance just- jazz I've done a few, but not videos, so it must be okay. quite special for you to be on here as well, mate. Honoured, <laughs> honoured to be in your presence. <laughs> so, Andy, mate, um, just give everybody the 101. Who are you? What do you do? Why are you such a special, wonderful human? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. Well, I mean, I'm a golf coach. I've been a golf coach for the last, scary when I say it, nearly 20 years now, actually. So um, my job is just helping golfers get better, recreational golfers, really. So anything from juniors up to 75 year old men um just guys who were going there on the weekend but also guys who were playing it for for a living as well professionally so um i used to be sort of all in on the one-to-one coaching but over the last probably 10 years it's heavily transitioned into a bit of one-to-one coaching and now heavily um social media youtube websites um, a lot of video content and sort of plans to help people so when did, you, when did you start your business? When did you start this career? Sorry, wrong question. When the career, what, career? You, in the, the online or the actual career? The actual career. Um, when I was, well, I turned pro when I was 20, I think. Yeah. So 19 years ago. So I turned pro when I was <laughs> 20. Yeah, just do the maths. I, and, I, um, yeah, I asked that purely because you still look about 25. So I'll, do, I'll take it, I'll take when you, it. When you said 20 years ago, I was like, was he starting golf when he was about 10 years old? Yeah, that's it, yeah. Have you put a filter on your camera, Andy? <laughs> do you know what? I had a background on before this. So I thought I've got to get rid of that background. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so go back into your business. Me and my golf, it's called, if I'm not mistaken. Tell us a little bit about it. What do you do? Yeah, so me and my golf is basically a it's online video content, and um, we created it in 2012, a little bit by accident, really, um, just oh, wanting cool. to help people get better. And you know, we were, we were figuring out that a lot of people who was coming to us for lessons were confused, didn't really have a clue what they were what they were doing. So we said, let's create some videos and put them online and just share what we do. We felt that we did a pretty good job of coaching people and getting them better and helping them understand, and then started going down that side of things and it yeah. just sort of snowballed really not many other people were doing it and um, we were looking very heavily at the fitness industry and going what are the fitness guys doing and mm. then going well golf aren't doing that let's let's get into that side of things yeah. and follow those and See, sort of pave the way isn't it? because you've you've took the framework from a different industry and applied it to yours because in the fitness industry online coaching is everything now everybody's doing it and you know, even we've started to do it to a certain degree whereas for golf, it's a little bit of a niche, isn't it? It's something new and it's something unique and it's something it's a it's a new way of learning for your guys. Yeah, and generally the, the goal, I mean the average golfer age is probably somewhere in the range of fifty-five years old. So 
a lot of the guys are a little bit elder and it's uh, someone who's got more time and more income generally. Um, so we, we gen golf can be a little bit behind the times. So yeah. um, we sort of, I think we sort of catch up with everybody else. So the fitness, fitness industry for us is a good one to sort of see what's coming up and what they're doing and then to sort of follow suit with, with the golf side of things. So it's definitely good to have a look at those industries. What was some I've of actually the... never, sorry, Colin, I've actually never heard that story, even though I've known you before. I've actually never knew why and how you started the, the company. And it's just quite interesting uh, how you went about it, really. Just like, obviously, it was Pierce pro as well. Obviously, Pierce, Pierce is his partner, Connor. Yeah, yeah. So it, how that came, I played golf with Pierce, my business partner, when I was ju junior golf, basically. I yeah. turned pro, he turned pro. We both wanted to teach. And then um, I was at a facility, he was at a different facility and an opportunity came up to coach at this, take on the, the teaching at this one facility. Mm. And we both sort of jumped at the chance and did that for six years. And then towards the end of that, we were like, I don't really want to stand on a driving range until, six, till I'm 65, just coaching 50 people a week and mm. doing nights. And, you know, it wasn't, we'd done everything we wanted to do, but we're like, there's got to be more to it than this. And you can't really do quality that you want to do if you're coaching back-to-back -back 50 people in a row and, and yeah, all the rest of, of it. So we actually just gave it up. Sounds strange, but we said, let's quit. Let's quit the driving range. We just started doing some videos. And we said, let's go and travel around the world and actually have some time out to think about what we're actually going to do, how we can do something different. And we went around the world for like three months. We went, started off in um, New York. We went to Miami, Chicago, the whole of the West Coast. We went to China, Hong Kong, Australia. I did a whole like three months literally around the globe and then got back and we'd, like, we didn't have anything. And we were like, well, <laughs> let's just go all in on me and my golf because it was like we're, our backs were against the wall and we had this sort of vision of this is where the future is going to be. Mm. And it was, just, it was just really clear that like there was going to be a lot of opportunity and we could do a lot within the online space as well. I like so. that because um, so, so often people are like, you need a plan B, you need a plan C, you need to be really thoughtful and structured, but you literally just threw yourself outside of your comfort zone and kind of and, and paved your way from there as such, didn't you? And we wanted that actually. Remember yeah. when we said, we said, look, let's, let's quit the job. Let's quit our Three Hammers Academy. Every thought, everyone thought we were stupid. Like, what are you quitting this for? It's successful, mm. it's really busy. And we knew, we said, look, let's quit it and have nothing to come back for. Because we knew yeah. then that whatever we do, we'd just go all in. So we're like, we didn't really, we wanted to have our backs against the wall. So we we're only mm. going to go down one direction. Did you face any real big challenges on that journey? Or was it like, did you feel actually this was a lot easier than we expected? Um, it's a good question. It didn't really feel that hard. But I think That's because good. it was, it was hard, but it didn't really feel it because... We were just, I think we were just so hungry to do it. And like me and Pierce, we, we were earning probably for the first, because we got back from this travel and we didn't have anything. We, we were probably earning 50 to 100 pound a week for about 18 months to two years. Yeah. And we were like, well, we're just going to just wait it out. We're just going to grind it out, be consistent, work really hard. And then we knew something off the back of that would end up coming our way because we were like, look, let's just put consistently good stuff out into the world over time it's going to have a, a, a positive effect yeah. that's interesting because that's for me me especially me personally like i came back from australia last year last february and i knew exactly what i wanted to do when i came back so i'm kind of in your shoes now when however whatever however long ago that was and people always say to me they're like connor mate you've been slaving away at this project now for a year You've you've sacrificed two, income, two, years. two years, two years. You've sacrificed other income and not got paid, so you can do this other work. Like, are you mad? Why are you choosing the, the the path of such resistance? And like for me, it's not something that I think about because like I enjoy it, and I yeah. know that the the end goal will always be will always be worth it in the end once we eventually get there. And I think that's just an important point for anyone who's listening is that you always got to enjoy what you do you know, so that even when it's as hard as it was for you and as hard as it is for me and Jazzy at the moment, it doesn't really feel that hard at all. No, and it's, I was thinking about this on the drive home actually today. I don't know why I was thinking about this. It's just that there's lots of times where you think, God, this is just tough, tough situation at the moment. And I still think it's tough now sometimes because we're busting our ass trying to work hard and, non-stop but at the same time i'm sort of going well i'm glad it's tough because it should be yeah <laughs> if yeah. you want to do something really good if it's easy then it, it's it's not and it's not gonna be anything worthwhile yeah. so the time exactly. to me that it gets easy is like well you're slacking off 
it's that old saying, isn't it? If it's easy, is it worth it? Sorry, nothing easy is worth doing or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think like I think naturally as, as people and as humans, and especially people like us who are fairly hungry, we always think the grass is a little bit greener on the other side. Whereas you go and talk to people who are maybe not doing something that they are as passionate about. However, they have more free time and they're more spare time. They're equally thinking, I wish I was in your shoes. Yeah. And ultimately, you can do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter, does it? And long as you're enjoying yourself and as long as you're passionate and you're hungry and you're like you are in what you are doing. Yeah, I think uh, that's the key I, thing, isn't it? Yeah, I was just going to say that the main message what I've got from both of you there is that obviously, Andy, with your, you said about your contents as well, it's stuff that you want to put out and you're obviously, you said at the beginning, you're going to keep putting it out and it's the quality of it. And it's the same with us, Connor. We obviously got like a certain style and certain contents that we want to put out and obviously we want to stick to it we don't want to adjust to it just so we can make money for instance yeah. yeah we want to stick to what we obviously know and what we're trying to preach same with you andy obviously on the golf course so how you preaching it and the contents you're preaching and you know hopefully people will jump on it and like you said at the start because obviously you kept putting it out and putting good quality eventually people will see it and then they'll jump on it yeah we're even- we were we were prepared what, what? to wait as well. And I think that's the key thing. I think yeah. so many people just, especially now in social media, you know, when we first started really, I don't think Instagram or anything was really around. Yeah, YouTube yeah. was and Facebook, but people see the impact that you can have as an influencer and they expect, they expect it so fast. Whereas mm. you've got to be prepared to go, well, okay, I'm going to do this for three years for nothing. I'm going to do this for four years for nothing, but I know if I just keep doing good work and my intentions are right because I want to help people, then I think that, and I think that's, that's the important thing as well. You guys want to make a difference to people's lives and you want to help people. So it's genuine. It then comes across. You can't fake that when you're doing stuff, you know, people know when you're trying to do it for the money or you're trying to do it to, to be an influencer or whatever. I don't like the word influencer either. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the word influencer. Did either of you see the um, the program that was on the, on the other night earlier this week about how to lose a stone in 21 days? That's no. all that's kept popping to my mind when when you guys are talking about this. And he, he's a doctor and it was on Channel 4 and he's he's been on and he's talked about how to lose a stone in 21 days. And it's on it's called like the Fast 800 or something like this. And it's just he's just put people on an 800 calorie diet. And, and you know, he's coming back to what you've just said he sold his soul to the devil yeah just purely for the purpose of making money yeah and you know like and that kind of circles back so we enjoy what we do and so should everybody else so you should be a lot more patient about how you approach things you know he was on he was using all the buzzwords and i was like oh this is terrible and painful to watch and people will watch that and buy into it but it ultimately comes down to and especially like you said people want everything so quickly where patience is such a undervalued quality and especially in the world of business and especially in the world of fitness as well yeah and i think with with people like that the people that he's targeting are going to be very different to the people who you're going to target as well so the people that he's going to say you want to lose weight in 21 days a stone well they're the people who don't want to put the time in and put the effort in whereas you want the guys who are going like i want to change my lifestyle i want to really i want to change my body and my health and fitness but i want to do it in a natural way that's going to be sustainable that's not going to be crashing after you know yeah a, a month of doing this and then i'll just go back up to what i was and it's, it's not a healthy lifestyle is it so we've we've segued nicely there into fitness so one of the main things that i know jazzy wanted to talk to you about as well is that how how the relationship between your business and golf and fitness has now started to intertwine and that kind of how how exercise is starting to leak over into sports more and then vice versa yeah, I mean, I mean, in terms of golf, it's it's massive now. I mean, it's been around for a long time, but it just seems to be getting more and more. Uh, the more you look at golf now, the more you look at the top ten in the world, they're they're like super athletes. Yeah, yeah. you've got people like Bryson DeChambeau. I'm not sure if you guys have seen what Bryson's done over the last I, few I, weeks. I, I, obviously, I know. I don't think you know, Connor. Go on, Andy. <laughs> Andy, tell him what he's doing. Well, Bryson DeChambeau over the last probably three or four months, he's been on a um, a speed mission. You know, yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a bit out there anyway. He's, he's, he's a, bit, a bit of a mental guy in a good way. Um, but he's basically going, well, look, to be successful in the golf world, you need to be hitting the golf ball really long because it's an advantage being down there further down the fairway. Whether you're in the rough, it's still an advantage. So he's going, well, I'm going to hit the golf ball as far as I can. 
So he's basically put on three stone and it, it's not three stone and muscle. It's just three stone. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he's, he's working just so hard at hitting the golf ball as fast as he possibly can and as hard as he can with the driver. And to the point where he's probably gained probably almost 40 yards off the tee, which is like an incredible amount. He's like a world long drive champion on the golf course. He's and just he's, come out, he's out of lockdown, hasn't he? He's just come yeah. out of lockdown and just had success, instant success. Smart. And that's going to shock a few people. So yeah. Basically, you he's know. sat through lockdown, put free stone on, he's ate himself silly, and now he's come out as an absolute super athlete. <laughs> but if you, if you look at his Instagram, he's posted like a few videos of him like hitting balls into a net and like yeah. he's trying to, is it a speed meter he's got in his? Yeah, yeah. A, yeah. So he's trying to swing, saying obviously more weight you have on, it's easier just to put weight on. But to keep that flexibility and that strength and that speed, he's obviously done a certain type of program to keep him on that. Yeah. He'll be it's doing it right. Him. Yeah, yeah. He'll be doing. It. He won't. He won't yeah. be doing it. Sort of. He won't be guessing. Yeah. He'll have a good team around him yeah. who, are, who are looking after his body and, and yeah. trying to do it in the right way. What's um? What's your relationship to fitness? You know, I've, I've followed you for some time now. I know you have personally. You have quite a big relationship with fitness, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, do you know? What? I think it's um. I think it's the number one thing in my life. <laughs> oh. That sounds really strange to say that. It's all right. We've all got something in common now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, it, but it is because, you know, when I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is exercise, whether that's going yeah. for a walk, whether that's, you know, me just having a walk or whether it's going to train. But, you know, my health and my fitness, if I haven't got that, then I'm like, well, I haven't got anything really. So for me, it's, it's sort of the backbone of everything that I do. It starts with that, I like that. And, and it helps. It helps every other area of my life. That's did you the, did you find it hard in lockdown, Andy? Um, I, I no, I enjoyed it. I mean, I missed the yeah. gym, but I was I just found different ways. I, I actually just did. I actually got more into yoga, which was good. And um, I was like doing squats with a big water cooler on my back in the garden, and <laughs> I bought some bands and stuff. I was doing all sorts of so, weird. So stuff. you adapt, you adapted quite well then. Yeah. yeah, like within the first yeah. week, I was like right. Yeah. I was up early in the mornings doing my stuff and just cracked on and just changed because I knew how important the routine is. That's yeah. cool. That is, I, said, I think I said to a lot of people, I said during lockdown, everyone was, was arms up in the air about exercising and would not be the lack of it. And I always said, I was like, it's, it's not so much about how you exercise, more so about why you exercise. And you said in the same sentence there, you're like, it's the backbone of everything I do. It's, it's the platform from which I, I launch myself from. And in the next sentence, you were like, yeah, I just got on with it. I just improvised. I just did what I need to do. And that's a really important point. Like I talk so much to my clients now about how people perceive exercise and fitness is just like really painful hour of punishment that we put ourselves through so that we can look good on the beach when we go to our summer holidays and, and all this sort of stuff and or just because everybody else is doing it i need to go and do that whereas actually we need to kind of flip that perspective on its head whereas exercise should be the foundation or the backbone which is the word that you use for everything else that we do and it's that opportunity in our day where we get a little bit selfish we put our headphones in it's time to ourselves or we can reflect and we have a bit of solitude and that that powers and empowers the rest of our day because ultimately all you do the rest of your day is you're just going giving giving out energy giving out energy to other people with your golf or whether it be personal training or in business meetings or whatever it is you're constantly having to manage the relationships around you whereas the gym it's that one time where you can just be purely selfish and someone always used to use the um the expression it's like fitness is a form of self-love and when I first heard that, I was a bit like, oh, it's a little bit fluffy for me. But actually, the more I thought about it, it's so true. It's, it's that one opportunity within our day where we can kind of give back to ourselves. It is. It is. And it's, you know, you, you make time what you value for, don't you? And, um, you know, I think whatever, whatever fitness you should be doing, it should be enjoyable. And I think some people, some people don't seek the time out to go and find out the fitness that actually they really enjoy. They think they need to go to the gym because everybody else goes. And I'm like, well, if, if I go to the gym because I love the gym, yeah, yeah. I didn't enjoy the gym. I'd go, well, let, let me go and find something else that I enjoy. You know, yeah. whether it be whether it be CrossFit, whether it be yoga, or or yeah. whatever it's it is. Funny, it's funny you say that about you doing the yoga and stuff like that. Like obviously, start of lockdown, everyone was trying to get their hands on gym equipment as quick as possible because probably not even even thought about why they were getting it, but obviously paying yeah, over yeah. the odds for it and etc. The weights and stuff like that. When actually if you've got a mat at home or, you know, you adjust to a water cooler on your back, 
if you want to do something like that that you used to do and you do it but you don't have to pay the the ridiculous amounts and stuff like that, and you just adapt like you did yeah and it's pretty you can use it as an excuse to say oh i'm in lockdown now i can't i've got no equipment i can't yeah. exercise la, la, you know yeah. but if it's important to you, you you'll just find a way yeah. won't you and i think i think that's a really good point for anyone who like who who doesn't exercise out there currently who is very brand new to exercise and they might not be enjoying it we as, as as people or as humans or whatever we are built to be active in some form or another and when we say exercise we don't always mean going to the gym and doing bicep curls stood about four foot away from a mirror so, you know actually what's wrong with that <laughs> that's my abroad. training session tonight that is <laughs> but actually activity is just like a blanket thing that we can all do and it doesn't have to be going to the gym it can be playing golf it can be going for a run. It can be doing yoga, like we just said. And I think there is that that stigmatism that comes with exercise a little bit, where it's that, like I mentioned prior, where we go to the gym and we get sweaty and we grunt a few times, and it's that that place where egos go. Where actually it isn't it's just a way that we can fuel ourselves. It is. It is. And do you know what? It's interesting because I I trained with Jazz a couple of weeks ago now, and I've been training with Rich a few weeks as well, getting into the CrossFit, and it's just it's interesting how. Like I'll train this pretty similar for a long time, but um, it's interesting how like that's give me a few more ideas of maybe how I want to train and mm. and what I'm missing out on as well. Like I'm yeah. missing out on the community side of things when I train, which mm. I'm like, oh, actually that'd be quite cool to do some of that and actually mm. be involved with others. And you go to a gym like Nuffield, and it's not just Nuffield, but you go to a gym, everyone's quite cold. Everyone, you know, they're not that friendly. They're they're not, and it's yeah. it's a bit of a weird environment. I just go in there, do my bit and go, but I really like the atmosphere. And even with you three, obviously Jazz and yeah. Rich, sorry, you know, it's a different thing. You know, you're, you're sort of, it's a mental challenge and, and you're there supporting each other going, you know, come on, let's get through it. Yeah, it was, yeah. You've got that different environment. 100% agree. 100%. And, that, and that's where it's like that mini version of life, isn't it? It's, that's, that's, that's for me, that's what it is. Exercise is that little pocket in my day where, I try and get better, better at all these little things that ultimately help me get better at everything else in my day. Like you just said, oh, come on, you can do this. That's just a mini version of what happens in the bigger picture within our life and, and all the stuff that's happening. That's um, a nice little point to kind of travel over to the difference between, you know, you mentioned CrossFit. You obviously, you come from a sporting background and everything in sport is very performance focused. I want to get a, an insight into your, your perspective on that kind of whole training for performance versus training for aesthetics, because in golf, that's all you train for. I doubt there's very many people out there who go and train golf because they want to look aesthetically pleasing. It's all because it comes from a performance standpoint. And I think, you know, you just mentioned about how you're going to trans, you might be transitioning from your nuffle to CrossFit sort of style training and the fitness industry, I feel is very much starting to catch up with people now. And I think people naturally very much so gravitate towards performance style training where they're thinking about how strong they are or how fast they're running or how high they're jumping versus how they're looking in the mirror. And I want to get a bit of an insight into how your perspective of that coming from the golfing world. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think the, the difference with the golf world now is as well that I think we just understand now a lot more. And I think certainly with all the other sports, and performance side of things we just know more about the body and yeah and what what we need to do in order to perform better yeah you know i remember giving golf lessons over maybe um, let's say 10 years ago maybe a little bit more yeah, a little bit more than 10 years ago um and you'd struggle with a guy he, he might have come back every week and he's just struggling with the same thing and you, you go why is he struggling with this it's not that hard and then you understand actually through my experience and my development, learning about the body and how that impacts the performance, you go, okay, this guy's got a tight, he's tight right hip internally. Yeah, no, yeah. no wonder he can't turn on the way back. I've been trying to stop yeah. him to do this for the last three years. <laughs> so I think we've got a, a much bigger understanding now of, okay, well, what are the, th what are the things required to, to get more performance out, out, of, out, of this, out of this area? And golf is now um, a massive, there's a massive shift in that now. We know that there's a certain way that we need to train to get speed and we know the components that we need to do to get there and the lower body, how important that is, using the ground. And this is why the CrossFit's so good because a lot of it's about using the ground to move the weight as opposed yeah. to sitting in a chair and just doing dumbbell yeah. press. 
so it's functional to, fitness. Yeah, yeah. Bang on. Just, I, we did some overhead squats and me and Holly were just sitting there. Rich was just sitting there watching it. Uh, Andy doing it and it was just like, mobility is unbelievable. Like, mm. you know, you know how stiff I am, Connor. And <laughs> literally the first time he was doing it, it was straight up posture. Yeah, but obviously, like you said, it, you know, posture-wise and lower back, core, legs are so important in golf with obviously rotation and stuff like and power and speed. So obviously little things like that can help. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, like CrossFit gets a bit of a bad rap because everyone says it injures you. But me personally, my perspective on that is CrossFit highlights where you have strong points and where you have weak points. Sport does that a lot as well. I'm sure, God, like you just mentioned, golf highlights where you have strong points and where you have weak points. And when that happens, you then identify the weak points and you fix them. But with normal style of resistance training, where it's very aesthetically driven versus performance driven, you don't really notice your niggles because you kind of just work around them. So you can still train your bicep by ignoring that little niggle in your shoulder or something like that. So then yeah. it actually, over a longer period of time, you then create more problems, which is why it's nice to get into that performance style training because then you spot your niggles and you can fix them which is a massive crossover into sport. Yeah, and like anything, you know, you're going to get injured if you're doing it wrong, aren't you? And I think that's the difference. You know, CrossFit, if you're doing it right, is, is safe, I'm sure. So it's just having, it's, you know, you go in there and just trying to do an overhead deep squat and you've got no one around watching you, you're going to get injured. <laughs> I mean, you know, even I, you know, I was doing it wrong and he was like, okay, I just need to get that technique right and, and understand the actual correct movements and things like that. So having the right people around you to actually coach you through that and understand the right movement patterns because it's just so different if you've never done it. So you've got to do it safely, haven't you? That's the key thing, yeah. obviously. So who in the PGA has started to make fitness a bigger part of their game now and has started to bring that style of, of training across to help their game? Do you know what? Every one of them. Mm. Every single one of the guys now, if they're not training, they're not going to compete. Because of how far, how, how important distance is, but also how important it is to stay fit and in terms of longevity. They can earn so much money. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I was just going to say. They want to preserve oh, their body and, and they, want to, they want to be playing for as long as they can. But at the same time, all these guys now are going, okay, I need to hit it 350 off the tee. You know, Bryson's hitting it 350 off the tee, which is massive. You've got somebody, a guy called Brooks Kepka, And yeah. it's interesting because his outlook on golf is just totally different to anybody else's. And he says, look, I'm an athlete first. I'm a golfer second. So he's now coming at it from a completely different mindset, which I think a lot of these guys now, especially the college guys in the US, they're coming Mm. up going, well, I need to train now. Whereas other people in the past years ago, I need to play golf all the time. You know, they're treating it like an Olympic sport, which obviously it is an Olympic sport, but it's... The training like it's an Olympic sport now. What, what, what percentage is it, do you think, golf to actual, say, driving range slash practice? What do you mean? So, percentage, say, um, was it 40% in the gym, 60% actually golf, or was it? Um, no, I think, I think their, their gym training would be, I mean, they're going to be doing it. They're going to be doing it daily, whether that be lifting, whether we're yeah. going to be whether it's stretching. I'd say it's still, what what would it be? It's probably ten to fifteen percent. It's still, yeah. a, but that's okay. a quite big chunk. It's a big chunk, yeah. Well, like but I you, said to you, I said I trained and I played golf on the same day. It was one of the worst things I ever did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had the worst round ever, and I, I was just <laughs> interested to find out if the pros do that. <laughs> Some will, like for, for yeah. instance, if they've got into a routine of doing, like Kepka when he won the U.S. Open, he was doing bench press in the morning before his last round. <laughs> but that's because he's 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 conditioning him he's, to do that, or yeah. you know. Um, and he feels strong. He likes to feel strong going out there on yeah. the golf course. It's but interesting, you, you get isn't it? somebody to do that. It's interesting because, like, you, you know, you wouldn't think about golf like that, where it's such a minute sport. Not minute sport, where there's, there's a minute room for error. It's not like a football pitch where you're running around like a headless chicken, and you're doing this and you're doing that. It's very one singular movement pattern that you consistently repeat over the course of a long period of time, isn't it? Whereas something like football, there's many, many, many different movement patterns condensed into a shorter period of time. So, you know, at first glance, you'd think, actually, is fitness going to help that much? Or would you just be better off repeating that one singular movement pattern? But it just shows the power of like, intent and purpose behind your exercise and what it can do and how it can spill over into into different sports 
Yeah, and if you if you look at um, somebody like Dustin Johnson and how he, if you looked at the where he is at the top of his backswing, and then you analyze what he's what's going on with his body, you'd be like, okay, well, <laughs> you're not going to get Dave Smith, who's 55, in the same yeah. positions as yeah. DJ. Um, yeah. And there's a big difference with how how DJ would train compared to how the you know Dave Smith, 45 year old guy, is going to train who, who sits down in an office all day. It's and, poor Dave Smith is getting hammered. <laughs> he is, he is. But these are the guys that I'm seeing every week and I'm like, yeah. and this is the reason I do yoga. I've got these guys who come into me and I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'd like to get you to turn a bit more on the way back. And I'm, like they can't move the hips or their thoracic yeah. spines tight. And I look at them and go, God, when I'm 55 or whatever, I want to be able to move. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking to get in there early and when I'm 55, I want to still be able to rotate. That's something that you should have done a couple of years ago, Jazzy. Take up yoga. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so, Andy, um, enough for gap golf, mate. I want to know a little bit more about you. One of the main things that you talk about is mindset. Now, we, we, we talk a lot about mindset, but I try and talk about it from a more practical point of view and, and how people can apply it. It's one of those topics at the moment, isn't it? Like, everybody talks about it. You know, you wind back 10 years. It's probably a word you never heard, but you wind forward to today. Everybody is talking about it, especially on social media and especially with people in positions of power. But you look at your everyday people and your Joe blogs and they look at mindset and they go, well, what on earth is this mindset thing, this thing that everybody's talking about? And how do I affect it? And how do I you know, play with it to help me improve my life? So talk about your mindset and how you approach it and, and so on and so forth. I think, I think mindset is, I think a lot of it for me is sort of, few years ago I went to a, an NLP course so I did a, a week NLP course for golf actually mm. and I come away and I was blown away I was like shit there's there's so it's much no, that I'm mi no, missing out on here it's neuro-linguistics programming isn't it that's it yeah yeah and it was like I was like I'd, my, my whole outlook on on human beings was totally different and the mind and everything I was like actually that you can change a lot I was mm. I, I think it was the moment for me I'm going okay, there's, there's so much thing, so many things that actually you can really improve. And obviously you've got a difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And, you know, there's a big difference with how that person is. Mm. And I think I'm very growth mindset orientated now because I understand actually, and I see, I see the journey that I've been on of who I used to be and what I've done in the last few years. And it, I suppose the way I think and the way, the more understanding of, of what I do on a daily basis, very aware of my thoughts and why I do certain things and then try and change them and, and try and get good habits in my days that will stack up over a long period of time that I know are going to have a big impact. Have you, ever read, um, things. Have you ever read that Carol Dweck mindset book about growth yeah. versus fixed? It's, yeah. a, it's, it's a phenomenal concept and it's a phenomenal tool to help people. Horrible book. It was so repetitive. <laughs> do you know you what though? I think it's a, it is a great, it is a good book. And I thought about this, I don't know why this popped into my head the other day. And this is more related to fitness. I don't know whether you guys know, know anyone like this, but some people um, won't exercise because they are, it's like admitting they're not happy with themselves. Yes. Do you know, do you know what I mean? So some yes. people it's like, well, if I exercise, it's like, it's like, I'm not, it's like, I'm not happy with myself, with myself. There's, and it's like saying that out loud to people by you going, well, I'm, I'm, I'm exercising, but it's, and I think there's a, I think that people think again, self-help's a big thing obviously now, but in the past people would think, well, you're reading self-help books. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, what, I, what's, um, what, what's the matter? It's, it's like that's like before you start on any of these journeys, it's like step one is going, okay, I'm a bit shit. So for people to do that, there's always going to be that barrier there because they don't want to admit that they're doing something wrong because that means they have to really look in the mirror and really, and people are very bad at that. People are very bad at admitting when they've done something wrong and taking stock of going, what am I really good at and what am I really bad at? And people like to look at what I'm really good at, but they don't always like to look at what I'm really bad at. And I think mindset is like what you, back home to what you just said, one, I've have I've had millions of conversations with clients about how their habits and their actions and the behaviors affect what they do. One of the biggest processes that I do with my clients is that we have a big catch up on a Friday, every Friday, and they, if it's appropriate for them, they text me their weight on just a bit of an update. And it's not always about the statistic and the weight or the body fat or whatever about that. It's normally about the reflection process. Now, what I find with a lot of people, like you just said, is where they don't want to exercise because of that. 
it's that procrastination of like they tell themselves oh i'm not going to do this because i'm not doing it perfectly or i'm not going to start exercising because oh i don't enjoy it actually it's this very macro big form of procrastination where they don't want to do that thing so they make up this excuse in place and obviously when i when i deliver that message to my clients i'm way more diplomatic about it but a lot of the time people procrastinate and when we think of procrastinating I always think of it when I, I catch myself on Instagram and I'm trying to do a topic that I don't enjoy. But actually, people procrastinate on massive, massive scales with these really big, important decisions in our life. Yeah, no, yeah, I totally agree. And I think, um, I think from that side of things, just being able to catch yourself out when you're doing some stupid stuff, I think is just really important. So I think if you understand, you know, the more, I think the most successful people I see are just really understand themselves and some of the things that they do. And then they're able to go, what am I doing that for? I'm not mm. doing that again. What, you know? And then, they, then they'll start to make some good habits and go, right, that's just not serving me well. What's the, what, is, what are the things that I can do that I can put in place that's actually going to be beneficial to me rather than that? So having that self-awareness to how you think, I think the people who struggle with that don't necessarily have that. But I think that comes back to them maybe not having that growth mindset and thinking that they can change having the belief that they can be in a, so for instance, if you're looking at somebody who wants to lose weight or get in shape, they might not just have the belief that they can get in shape and, and do it. And it's like, well, how do you actually start changing the beliefs of people and get them to understand, well, look, this is achievable. It might mm. take us three years. It might take you three years to get there, but you can do this. But it starts with maybe just changing how they think and what's possible for them. By, by your definition, what is a growth mindset? I think just somebody who, accepts that they're not the finished product and there's lots to be lots to be learned like and it's okay to not be the finished product like i'm okay yeah. with not not knowing lots yeah. of stuff and not being as good as i want to be i know there's loads of stuff that i do wrong and i'm you know not great in certain areas but i think that's you've got to accept that and go i'm prepared to just say yeah that i want to be better yeah and i think a lot of people just can't do that it's it's that kind of weird paradox isn't it that that you want to have a growth mindset because ultimately it's going to help you in the long run. It's going to help you develop and become a better person and become better at what you do and more successful. But part of that process is actually admitting that you're really bad at things. So for a lot of people, it seems very contradictory, but that's the beauty in it is actually going, you know, taking your armor off. I'm rubbish at this. I'm yeah. shit at this. So what? I'm going to improve. I'm going to get better. Exactly. And that's, you know, that, that's obviously, I'm sure you've had this conversation many a times with your, with your guys and your clients. And that's something that I always talk to my guys about. And then on the flip side of that, by your definition, what's fixed mindset? I think just somebody who sees everything as just, this is, this is who I am. I can't yeah. change it, you know? And, but then they, these are the people who take it personally when they, they fail. Yeah. Instead of looking yeah. at failure as an opportunity, they go, I've failed. That's me. I'm not good enough. That's it. I'm not doing anything else. Instead of going, well, I've failed. What's the lesson? What am I going to do now to actually get better? And that, I think yeah. that that's the difference. The people who, who are growth mindset, they, they don't like failing. I, I'm not saying you should enjoy it. I don't like failing. But actually, I'm prepared to fail and go, well, okay, what am I, what am I going to learn from that? And how is that going to help me move forward from here? Yeah, there was, I, 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 you know, we're all sat in this podcast by probably by definition of us being in this podcast, we've all very much got growth mindsets because we've put ourselves out there and, and, and allowed ourselves to be vulnerable by, you know, putting all this content out to the air. But for me, I was definitely, I definitely didn't have a growth mindset when I was younger. I was definitely much like thought the world was against me and, and the small things would blow up against you and, and you'd perceive them very negatively. And to be fair, I don't know where it changed, but there was a certain point now and I've even had conversations with people. They're like, oh, that, that thing happened to you. And I'm like, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't that bad. Like, you know, but by other people's definition, it's really a negative thing where I just look at it as an opportunity to learn. And I'm like, okay, cool. What do we learn from that? How can we make that not happen again? And, and that's all it's about is you have these really big problems. And that's all life really is. It's just a succession of problems. And it's all about swapping the really, really shit problems for the lesser shit problems to kind of put it in a, in a diplomatic way. And that's all, that's quite a, like a pessimistic way of explaining it. But life is just a succession of problems. And ultimately, by having a growth mindset, we allow ourselves to change the really bad problems into some more positive problems. 
I think you know you're right, and I I always the way I look at it is that you know life is life is not going to be it's not going to be how you want it to be it's not going to all be just great and i look back at the some of the crappy times in my life and i'm really like thankful for them if you look at back to when you maybe had a really shit time or you might have been embarrassed or, or whatever it is i look back and i go well i'm just really thankful that happened so when you whenever you're in a situation now where i'm thinking well okay this is going to be shit this this time isn't good at the moment i just go well okay in three years time, I might be looking back at this and going, that was great. So now I'm already looking at what are the, okay, why is this happening now? What's the lesson? And when, when lockdown happened, I'm going, okay, the first question I asked my business partner, like straight away, we're like, we're going to be locked down. I went, right. What's the opportunity? Yeah. Like, what's the opportunity? And I said, and straight away we go, well, okay, all the tour pros are off. Let's get them all on our podcast. Yeah. So straight away, because I asked a good question, you come up with a good result. And we got yeah. like some of the best golfers on our podcast because we were looking at the opportunity rather than, oh, this lockdown is going to be terrible. I don't know what we're going to do yeah. now. But it just starts with asking that good question. All the right about time. the good questions. It's funny. I am um, one of the main people I look up to in, in my life is my mom. And, and one thing that she's always said, and I always remember her saying this, is that you don't have problems, you have opportunities. And then, and then ironically, like recently she got dealt a few bad cards and then this is the point where we're all human. And even, you know, we're on here, you're doing about how we've got growth mindsets and we're all amazing. Even in those moments, we still have that kind of that doubt and that, that self-reflection where we're like, oh, this is terrible. And we, we lose that shit a little bit. And like I said to my mom, I was like, what do you always say to me? I was like, this isn't a problem. This is an opportunity. And then it clicks her back into game, into her gear, into the game. And then she gets back to it kind of thing. Um, yeah. One thing that you always talk about is reflection. Um, I've caught you a lot of talking about it on your social media. What, what is that process for you? What does that reflection process look like and how does it help you? So, you know, I'm probably getting a little more into it recently. And I think with with the way social media is and how busy lives are and, and what's going on it's so easy to just constantly be consumed with stuff like we you know we get in the car we turn the radio on or a podcast we get home we watch the tv or like there's so much there's so much to distract you that you haven't got your brain hasn't got time to sort of just go just go quiet and sort of go mm. well just just relax so for me now what i started to do in the mornings is if i'm if i'm not training i'll go for a walk for like an hour and um and that walk isn't really for exercise. I'm not going to exercise. I'm going to have an hour with, with like zero input, but the birds, that, yeah. that's it really. Do you not and put your like, in? No, well, I, I, I have done in the past, but I'm like, I've got to stop at some point consuming stuff. See, I, <laughs> yeah. um, I've got to I, like just chill. I've got into yeah. that habit now. And I, I started at the start of lockdown. I, you know, I asked myself the same questions. I was like, all right, cool. What, what habits have I wanted to implement now that I haven't had the opportunity to, because I've been so busy with work. And I was like, oh, cool. Morning walk. And as I'm sure you remember when lockdown started, the weather was unbelievable. So I was like, cool, perfect opportunity. And for me, it was that, that healthy wake up process because in the past I've always gone like within 45 minutes of waking, I'm in the gym yelling at a client kind of thing. So yeah. now I wanted to kind of ease myself into the day. So I can have more, um, more output throughout the day and but I put my headphones in and I listen to an audiobook or listen to a podcast and like how I spoke about exercise at the start of the podcast where it's like a self-love um, method this became like a self-improvement method where all right I'm going to have this hour of the day where I'm going to try and learn something and I have been toying with that idea of like should I just take my headphones out and go for a gander? But what I found I do now is when I get in the car, I just turn the radio off and I just let myself yeah. stew. And it's funny because um, one of my clients was talking, she's like, where have you come up with all these ideas from for the app and for the business? And I was like, in the shower. In the shower. I was like, yeah. 100% the amount of times I've like stumbled out of the shower, trying to grab my towel, trying to find my phone so I can write yeah. something in my notes. And I think people forget that is that when you leave all the external sources of information and, and, and get them out of the way, we have some phenomenal ideas. And the human brain is unbelievable. And there's so much creativity there. And like, I always used to, why do I have such these crazy ideas in the shower? And like, and growing up, my mom was always like, Connor, 
you've been in the shower 45 minutes. What are you doing in there? And I was like, no, we don't want to know that, Connor, to be fair. Not <laughs> it's, it's not what you think. I'm, I'm building a business. <laughs> so yeah. like, I, I know from looking at your social media, one of the things you've started to do is journal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been doing that for, I've been journaling now for maybe two and a half years. Every okay, morning, cool. every morning, start like that. Five minute journal, gratitude, um, and it's just it's just a habit. And I, you know, one of the reasons I put it on social media as well is is because it makes me accountable. Like I want, I want yeah. to, that's like my accountability to go. Well, look, I'm just going to continue to do this because I want to be consistent. And every morning, I'll I'll sit here, and I've got my my journal there, and I'll just go. I'm having five minutes where I have to think about what I'm grateful for. And and because it, it's so easy to not to, to to get away from that, and I'm like, and I'll sit here and I have to think, and I really I don't want to just quickly write some stuff down. I want to like yeah. feel it and go, okay, what am I grateful for today? Like, what am I really grateful for? It might be it might be like, I'm grateful that I get to help someone play better golf today, or it, it might be I'm grateful for the I can have a nice breakfast. It could be so mm-hmm. simple, but it changes all the time based on where what I'm thinking about, and it's it's it, definitely for me it's it's a. It's a great it's interesting. With. It's interesting you say you're accountable for it. It's quite, it's quite interesting to say like you do it for that reason. Like there's not a case of oh, you're just doing it for the so people know you're doing it. You're doing it for yourself. At the end of the day, you're accountable for it. It's, it's, it's not a, a case it's a of self-love. yeah. Agreed. See, I've got I've got quite a pragmatic brain. Like I struggle when people introduce the concepts like journaling to me. I'm a bit like oh my brain doesn't sit well with that like how does one plus one equal seven kind of thing that's what my brain does and then i know and but there was a certain point where i was like okay all these massive massive high performers high achievers it's something they all openly talk about and they all do so i'm like okay there must be something here and then lo and behold recently loads of research came out on on journaling and there was a guy called Andrew Huberman, something like that, who's a neuroscientist out of Stanford in America. And he did a massive like research paper on it. And he was on um, the Joe Rogan podcast, which is a massive podcast. And he was talking about it and he was saying journaling. He was like, yep, he goes, it it reinforces dopamine in the brain. It starts releasing dopamine quite early on in the day, which ultimately makes us feel better about ourselves and gives us that higher sense of wellness. So generally people who journey will start the day in a better mindset and frame of mind so they will go and perform better throughout the day. That was like the end of it. And I was like, okay, that's enough for my pragmatic brain. <laughs> yeah, I was like, exactly. now I just need There's to some do science it. behind it there. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> now, now, like, now I just need to do it. And that kind of brings us on nextly, nicely to Whoop because Whoop brought out their journaling feature. And I know we are all avid Whoop users. Just died. Um, so you got one. I saw you got one, Jazz. Yeah, <laughs> that you're in um, now. And obviously, Whoop have got their journaling feature in there now. So I've I've started to do it, and I've started to kind of try and do it a little bit. But obviously, my mornings vary from day to day, so there isn't always that time of like where I can actually put a lot of a lot of what's the word headspace into it and actually be really thorough about it. But coming back to Whoop, do you enjoy it? How do you find it? I'm, well, I sound like I'm selling Whoop here, but it's one of those really tools that I feel that everybody should definitely be using at the moment. Yeah, do you know, I'm, I'm, I'd say I'm a little obsessed with it, to be fair. Um, <laughs> which is, it actually, yesterday, it was like, I was like, I was sat at the, this desk here and I was like, my Whoop's not linking up. I was like, what's going on? I was tapping it, trying to sync it up. I was like, it's not giving me any data. But, you know, I think when you're, in, when you're, when you're interested and, and that's an important part of your life, you know, you want to be fit, healthy and your performance and you want like, I want to, I want to be in the mornings. One of the reasons I train in the mornings, I want to be, and I'm always the reason I get up early and go to bed early is I want to be like fully on it in the day. Yeah. Like yeah. I want to be, I don't want to be half assing it through the day. I want to be on it yeah. through the day. So for me, I think the one thing that I really am probably just paying more attention to now is, is just my sleep and just working it sounds strange to say i'm really working hard at my sleep at the moment but you know I, it needs to be better you know and and I, I was sort of doing it anyway but now i've got something that's measuring it and going what's the quality like you know yeah. how yeah. am i doing what what's how am i did disturbances what time did i drift off and all these things yeah. and you can analyze it so that's probably the feature that i'm using the most in the mornings i'm going how many what did i get last night seven hours oh that's not great or I'm, but then know, that just, comes on to you obviously that helps your performance so you're 
using something to help your performance. I know you're saying you're a bit like you know, obsessed with the sleeping and stuff like that, but again, you're doing that for a reason. There's there's a method behind the madness of you. Right, I'm going to get this amount of sleep because it's telling me this is going to keep me at my peak, and it's only going to make me perform better in the day. Yeah, and that's the same as exercise, isn't it? Like, and I think yeah. pe- people like the point that I constantly try and reinforce into everyone is that people look at processes in the day so like they look at exercise and they look at sleep and they look at journaling and they just see it as that whereas we don't we see sleep we see exercise and we see journaling and what we see is the opportunities that that gives us be it in that single day or across a longer period of time and that's exactly how i look at exercise and how i look at sleep and all these different processes and how i when i even doing this podcast it's a process for me that provides me with other opportunities it provides future connor with opportunities and that's uh, that's our mindset so that i've really tried to drill it into people that it's all about how can we feed the, the future connor and make him feel a little bit better do you know what i mean yeah yeah definitely and society is just ram i suppose in the past it's like Oh, you need to hustle and work hard and, and all this. And, you know, yeah, you can sleep when you're dead and, and things like that. But I think that that's probably conditioned the society to not really think that sleep's that important. And um, yeah. I think, you know, with what's going on recently, I think we're just realizing how important sleep is for, for a lot of different things for, for, you know, for disease and things like that as well, not only just performance in the day, but your overall health long-term. So for me, if you're working hard and training hard, you should be working hard at your sleep because that's where you're going to get the right. benefits of the recovery and the growth and all these other things. Mm. I can't wait to get to bed before nine o'clock. I'm like, great, <laughs> great. I'm in bed before nine. Well, I mean, that's changed a lot for me. You know, it was like, I used to get up at, I used to get in at 5.30. Now I get up at 5.30. <laughs> I, I am in a group with you and I've seen your sleep today and I've only realized how, how, how much sleep, more sleep you have than me. And it's really? just proved how tired I look compared to how fresh you look. That's why he looks 25. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andy, I know obviously we are all effectively coaches um, just in different professions. But I think coaching in itself is a skill and how, how to be an effective communicator and relay messages. What's one of the key things for you as a coach on how you deliver yourself to your clients, given that we are both from different worlds as such? I think one of the key things is, is just being a good listener. I think just really working hard to just listen to what they want. Like if somebody comes to me for a lesson and says, right, I really want to be a better iron player and I'll, I'll give him a driver to hit, um, it just doesn't make sense. So it's like, you've really got to understand, well, what does this guy want? Why does he play golf? You know, is he playing golf to just have fun with his mates on the weekend? Or does this guy play golf because he wants to, to get down to scratch in the next two years? Because then how you deal with that person is, is totally different. And how much time has he got to practice? Has he got, has he got, is he practicing every week or is he actually not practicing, just wants to play? So I think that for me, it's all about the other person and listening and asking right questions to understand who they are. And every, t- every time I'm coaching I'm, I'm sort of all sorts of things are going off in my mind in terms of, especially when you get them on the golf course, because yeah. what you see on the driving range is you're looking at their golf swing. When you go on the golf course, you're looking at their golf game and, and how they react and you know what they do from a, a human side of things. And then, yeah. and then I'm going, how's this guy reacting on a bad shot? How's he talking to himself? What's he doing with his, with his posture as he's walking down the fairway, all these other little things. So I think you have to be a really good listener, a really good observer, and yeah. ask a lot of great questions to really understand them as a person because they're all so different. I think um, one thing that I've started to talk about a lot more as I've started to understand it more is, is that crossover between the, the physical and the mental, between the physiology of someone and the psychology of someone. And like you just said, how they react to a bad shot and what their posture is like. These are all very much psychological things. And that's the same for me. And that's one thing that I've massively, massively started to understand. Like one of the big things in the fitness industry at the moment is calorie deficit. Everyone's, you know, the, the science has now, all the charlatans are starting to get pushed to one side and everyone's like, calorie deficit, calorie deficit. That is how you lose weight. And that's the only way you lose weight. And that is 1 million thousand percent correct. However, what ticks off in my mind is 
what about the psychology of this person? How did they come to gain all this weight in the first place? And the reality is there's a massive intertwine between physical and mental. And I think what makes a phenomenal coach is when they accept that there is a massive mental aspect to every style of coaching that we do, be it in football, be it in golf, be it in mindset coaching, be it in personal training or any kind of fitness-based coaching, that there is a massive psychological component going on. And you know, we've got this whole internal world up here that we have to deal with every single day. And and my my personal internal world is fine. I'm completely at ease with that and I can deal with situations, but we've got also got to accept that other people's internal world might be saying something different to what we think. And like you just said, being a phenomenal observer and listener is a really key part to it. And as I'm sure Jazz yeah. will agree, is like I'm when someone starts talking about something, I get all excited and I'm like, oh, like I'm trying to chime in and interrupt them. And I'm, one of the biggest things for me is actually kicking myself and going, shut up, Connor. Listen to your client. Let them tell them the full story first because there might be a little golden nugget in there at some point. And that's a, that's a skill. I mean, that's something as well that I've, I've trained a lot. Uh, you know, I was like that as well, Connor, in terms of I get excited and, and you know, it, it's again, it's something that I read a long time ago and I think it was in Stephen Covey's book um, the seven principles of highly effective individuals. Oh, yeah. And it was like, most people are listening um, with intent to reply instead of listening with it to understand. Yeah. And I was like, shit, that's me. I can't wait to get in and give my reply. You know, you're listening and go, oh, you know, you want to get in there. Yeah. And um, I think that's something that I, I probably practice on a weekly basis and go pay attention, listen to what they've got to say, actually really listen. And then, and then talking when they're finished. I have to do, you know, we've got a team of 12 of us now at work and I have to have these conversations in my head with all of my yeah. staff. I'm like, okay, and they just, just shut up, listen to him, listen to what they've got to say, really pay attention, try and understand what he's talking about and then give him a, re a reply instead of, 100%. instead of my mind going, what am I going to say next? How can I get in there? So it's, it's, a, it's definitely a skill that needs training. Again, yeah. something that I was, again, this is again, the, the back to the fixed and, and growth mindset, something that I was really, really bad at, but something now I'm, I'm getting better at. I'm still not great. I still work at it all the time, but it's a good skill to train. Yeah, hundred percent. It's, I always find like, especially when you're going to nights out with friends and you're sitting there and someone's telling you a funny story and you're already repeating <laughs> your funnier story in your head and like reiterating it to yourself so that you can tell them in an effective manner. And it's one of them like, we we very much when we speak as well like we go um and mm, what i've very much taught myself to do is when i'm replying to someone i don't say um anymore i will literally sit there and pause and hesitate in silence before i say anything back to them because they then know that i'm actually really thinking about my reply and i'm putting some endearing effort into that yeah. and that's like a, a personal skill that someone taught me that i've picked up recently that i'm like okay and this and, and i've noticed that effect and and I'm reading that um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's a book that everyone's always told me I should read and I've never read it. And it's one of the main things that they say. They were like, relationships are everything we do. How do you win relationships? You become a hell of a bloody good listener. Yeah. Um, this is like a perfect time as well to talk about social media where it's a really non-listenary world. Um, but it also has had a massive positive impact on you. So what's the social media world like through your lens? Cool. <laughs> I've got an interesting relationship with social media. I think it's been, it's been a real um, positive thing for, for me from a, from a, a, a I suppose not a, a, maybe an impact side of things. I wouldn't call it work or business because I feel it's more of an impact side of things. It's allowed me and my business partner to showcase what we do and help people literally all over the world. And um, you know, when, when I go to a golf club, anywhere in the world now, someone will come up to us and say, it's the me and my golf boys, your videos have really helped me. And yeah. that's like, it's such a great feeling to be able to do that. You know, you're doing good stuff then when mm. you've been able to touch somebody from a different part of the globe. So from that side of things, it's, you know, I'm massively thankful because it's given me an opportunity to create a business that I love and, and, and help people everywhere. But the same side, of, the same side of things, social media I also think is, is a, there's so many bad things about social media that I think we all need to be careful of and limit, you know, that I think how, how much time do we actually just spend scrolling for, for nothing yeah. and observing other people's lives and then 
you know, subconsciously comparing ourselves to them. And, and, you know, for a lot of people, it's, it just makes them miserable. So yeah. at the same time, social media is great, but also it actually stops a lot of other great things like real connections and, and going out there and spending some time doing, having time with your family or being present in a scenario. Like it was my niece's birthday today, actually. And we went around her house last night. And before I went around, I'm like, my phone is not coming out of my pocket. I'm going to be present. You know, this is a yeah. just go. It's just a habit, isn't it? Yeah. And um, that's the side of things that I've read a real good book actually recently called Digital Minimalism. Mm. Um, it's just a great book on, on social media, the negativity of it and things like that. And it will definitely get you thinking about how you use it. Um, but whilst there's loads of positives, I think we've got to find ways that we use it in a productive way and, and actually use it for some benefit for ourselves. Ultimately, it's a tool on our tool belt, isn't it? And I think we, for people like us who we use it for a monetization purpose and an impact purpose where we use it to help build our brands and run our businesses, that is what the mindset we need to have from it. It's, it's the, the tool is to help us build our brand and our business from your everyday user and your Joe blogs who don't have a, a specific reason to be using social media. It is a tool to help me connect and talk to other people. The problem is, is when we're using that tool all the time, we overuse that tool. And I, you know, like you said, it gets a bad rap, but you know, does that fall on the person and they have bad habits? And, but then again, the phones are built in a way that can make them slightly addictive. So, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's two sides to that story. Right. Um, we're all coming to the end now. So let's start to wrap this up. One of the main things that I noticed about you, you read a lot of books, which we've spoken quite a lot about. What are your top three books, Andy? Oh, God, top three books. <laughs> I just, just, I, I'm trying to think. There's so many that I could recommend. Um, I mean, that one I just said, digital minimalism is probably a, a good topic for this time, I suppose, this time in the world. Um, that is by, I'm just trying to think of his name. He did um, I'm just Deep Work. I'm trying to think of his name. Do you know the guy who did Deep Work? I know the Deep Work. I don't know the author, though. Um, uh, someone, is it someone Newton? I can't remember. Might be Cam Newton or something like that. I'm not sure. But yeah, that was a real good one. I actually think one of the best books I've read, which changed my thoughts on sleep, is uh, Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep. Have you read that one? Oh, that's, that's, that's on my list, that is. That's on my but audible list. You're going to read that and you're going to go, I need to get some sleep. I re oh, that's the thing. It's the fear. Like you said about yeah. people not going to exercise. <laughs> I don't want to read that book because I'm going to shit myself. <laughs> yeah, no, you will. I mean, I think that one of the opening things that he says in the book is like, if you're regularly getting less than seven and six hours of sleep, then you're twice as likely to get cancer when you're older. Oh, my God. I mean, it's, you know, it's some of the, some of the <laughs> jazz, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just oh, boring you here a little bit, but it'll, it'll it shock you into, jazz. <laughs> bad song, bad song, I think. You have to get on Booper, son. It will, it shocks you into thinking about what's, um, yeah. you know, how, how, how important it is, not just on just feeling good for the day, but like your long-term health. So um, why, that's a good one. Third and final. Um, third and final, I'm going to go with, um, I think Robin Sharma, 5am club. I'm going to say that one. Never heard of that one. Yeah. Robin Sharma. Robin Sharma is just brilliant author, leadership expert, real big on morning routines, um, like massive. So he's, he did a, he did a, did a book called the monk who sold his Ferrari. Have you heard of that one? No. Yeah. Real good book. He, a lot of them are story based, but they're all very practical as well. So you'd like the practical side of that Connor. Yeah, I would. My, my um, I think Brian would like it. But yeah, I'm actually, say, I'm actually buzzing, Andy, that you've actually outdone him on the books because he does love a book. <laughs> yeah. And his face is like absolutely shocked at how many books he doesn't know here. <laughs> you know, it's great. No, it just shows, though, some of the areas that you can go yeah, into. Like, I'm sure yeah. Connor's, Connor's book list as well. I'll probably go, I haven't got a clue of that one. But again, these are the different areas, I suppose, different, from our and, and yeah, yeah, backgrounds. 100%. Um, last major question. What's the best piece of advice that you give to yourself? Not that you would give to other people because that's a little bit, you know, subjective. What's the best piece of advice that you've, that you've received for yourself and that's massively helped and impacted you? Um, you mean that I tell myself or somebody else has told me? The, the single piece of advice that's impacted you the most. It could have come from you or it could have come from someone else. 
Um, I would say that to never, like for me, I think something that I would probably just say to myself all the, all the time is to just never, ever doubt your ability, never, ever doubt what you're capable of. Cause I think we all, we all just, we all doubt and limit ourselves to so much that yeah. I'm, I'm always saying that to myself, you know, with where, what, what I've achieved over the last 10 years, if you'd have said that I'd done what I've done 10 years ago, I would have laughed and said, there's not a chance that I'd, I'd ever do any of that stuff. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, what I believe that I can do now is, is shifted because of what's happened over the last 10 years. So I'm yeah. like, well, in 10 years time, will I look at where I am in 10 years time, hopefully, and say, never thought I'd ever be there. Yeah. You know, so I'd say never, never, ever doubt what you think you can do. Um, Mank, we've really enjoyed this podcast. This has been fun. It's been good. This has been some good conversation. Um, where can people find you if they want to go and hunt you down for their golfing skills? Well, if they're golfers, they can Connor, go on to YouTube. Connor, you're a lesson, mate. <laughs> That'd be a great idea. We'll get you booked in. We'll get you booked yeah. in. I'll be, just, I'll be listening to everything, every single word that you say, analyzing <laughs> it all. Let's, let's when, he hits the floor, when he hits the floor and he starts effing and blinding, I'm going to say, Connor. Remember the psychology. <laughs> Just make sure you keep your cameras and all social media stuff away. <laughs> well, so yeah, so anyone can find me and my golf on YouTube. Um, simply just me and my golf. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Andy Proudman. Um, that's pretty much it. That's where I am really mainly. And they got the website for me and my golf, which is me and my golf.com. Perfect. Mate, thank you very much for coming on today. We really appreciate it. It's been some phenomenal conversation. Andy, appreciate you coming on, mate. Pleasure, boys. Really Thanks good. for having me on. It's been great. Cheers, guys, and have an amazing day.